And this familiarity can lead to a unique danger with Christmas. I know there's other dangers to Christmas, such as overeating and such things, but this this is a real danger. When we know something this well, we can start to tune out. We can start to race over it to get to the destination, to get to Jesus. And when we do that, we, we're in danger of missing all the signs to his true significance. It's a bit like driving a piece of road you're really familiar with, that road home. You know the way there, so you just don't pay attention the same. And it's amazing how you can turn up at your destination and get out of the car and realize you don't remember any of the journey there. Have you had that experience? And I mention this because we know, many of us know, the way to Jesus. Uh, We know it happens in Bethlehem. We know about the manger, we know about the shepherds, and we know about the angels. But this familiarity is dangerous. We can race past them and miss what they are telling us about Jesus. We can miss what this means for us. And so I want to slow the story down tonight because this is important. It's worth us taking it in. These shepherds and angels have something important to show us. And we know from the first reading we heard tonight that Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem because, of all things, uh, someone was taking a census. Joseph was a descendant of King David, so he had to return to David's hometown, where David himself was born. Now, we're not told this, but I think it's a fair guess that Mary, his pregnant wife, was not super stoked about this fact. But it's while they are there in Bethlehem that Jesus, their firstborn, is born. And this, this is telling in and of itself. Firstly, it's telling to us because that means Jesus is also a descendant of King David. But alongside that, we're specifically told that they laid Jesus in a manger because there was no guest room for them. And this small bit of information about the lack of housing in the manger might seem quaint to us because of the image it brings of a a little baby nestled among the hay. But it's a lot more meaningful than that. The manger tells us that Mary and Joseph, though descendants of a king, didn't have it easy. When their son Jesus is born... Mary and Joseph didn't have a baby's room all painted and prepared for him. They didn't even have a home of their own for him. They might be descendants of a king, but there is no palace for their son. No, his bed is the feeding trough for animals. And this situation should strike us as odd because none of it, hear this, none of it is an accident. None of it. The census is not an accident. Jesus is literally counted as a descendant of King David. The manger is not an accident. The all-knowing, all-powerful God is also all-good at organizing things. He didn't forget about a bed 
for his son. And this means that God sent Jesus from heaven to lie in a manger. To lie in an animal's feeding trough. So as unplanned and humble as this is for Mary and Joseph, that their firstborn son, that they would wrap him in cloths and pop him in an animal's feeding trough. This is far, far more humble for God. Jesus might be a descendant of King David, but he is the Prince of Heaven. He is God's Son, yet here he is lying in a manger of all places, lying in an animal's feeding trough. His first bed is as humble as it gets. Something unexpected is going on here, isn't it? What is God up to? And it is from this humble bed that God leads us outside Bethlehem to some other people who also have humble beds. It is from Jesus' bed in a manger that God takes us out to some shepherds living in the fields around Bethlehem. And I've got a, a painting here to help set the scene. I like paintings. Now this painting is both good and bad. And I want to be honest about this from the start. There's some things it gets right and there's some things it gets completely wrong. I still enjoy it. So we're going to look at it. Something this painting gets right is the situation of the shepherds. Verse 8 tells us that there were shepherds living out in the fields near Bethlehem. And as this painting shows us, these shepherds were outdoors people. Now I think the artist has taken some artistic license here by including a whole family. That is unlikely. But the point is that they lived lived outdoors. They were not people who came home to a bed, but people whose beds were where their sheep were. And this is telling to us because shepherds in Jesus' day were not just people who lived outdoors, although that's true. They were also outsiders. They were social outsiders. They were at the bottom of the social ladder as their distance from everyone else showed. Shepherds in Jesus' day were considered rough, dirty, and unimportant. Uh, No offense to any shepherds here. Yet it is to these people that God chooses to make his big news known first. They get in on it first. Think about this situation. God plans his son's entry to our world. It will be in Bethlehem because he will be a descendant of King David. And God lays his son in an animal's feeding trough. You can't get much lower than that. And then the first people that God shares his big news with are some rough, dirty, and humble shepherds. And this is telling to us It is telling us something about the shepherds. Sorry, it's not telling us something about the shepherds. It's telling us something about Jesus. Jesus is not like other kings. He is humble, incredibly humble. He has come down so that the lowest of the low may come to him. He has come down so that the outsiders may truly come in. 
In fact, outsiders can be the first to find him and to recognize him because we don't find him in a palace with walls or guards. No, we find him somewhere anyone can find him, whoever they are, even if they're shepherds. And this painting gets another thing right about these shepherds, uh, not the shepherds' clothes, uh, those are completely wrong, but it's right in showing the shepherds bowing in fear before the angels. We're told in Luke 2 that the shepherds were terrified at the appearance of the first angel. And we shouldn't race over this thinking that the shepherds were a bunch of scaredy cats. Because these shepherds would have had a better idea of angels than we generally do, or most modern people do. Angels in the Bible are not like this. This is completely wrong. This is the Hallmark card version of angels. These are Christmas card angels, not biblical angels. Nowhere in the Bible are angels babies with wings doesn't come up. No, angels in the Bible are God's messengers and they are powerful, which is quite the opposite of babies with wings. But the response of the shepherds to the angels is right and it is important for us. They knew that God looked down at the world and saw everything, even shepherds in the darkness of the night. And they knew that nothing was hidden from him. God doesn't have to read a newspaper to hear all the bad news. No, he sees it and knows all of it. And he knows that things aren't right here. And if we've ever felt frustrated or upset with people or the state of the world, then we have an inkling, we have the barest taste of how God feels when he looks down upon his world and sees all of the mess and pain in his creation. God is far more upset over the world than we ever are, even on our most frustrated and angry of days. And so when a messenger of God lights up the shepherd's night, we can understand why these shepherds would be fearful. Do you know that feeling of seeing red and blue lights in your rearview mirror? Oh, you do. Your heart jumps, doesn't it? That's not just me. Those red and blue lights represent a law. They represent an authority over us, and usually they represent judgment. And I'll be honest, my guilty conscience knows it. Well, here is a messenger of God, the greatest authority whose very presence brings God's glory and lights up the night, and the shepherds know, they know they have nowhere to run. God has a law. He has standards. And so not too surprisingly, these shepherds are terrified. They can't talk their way out of this one. And it's this that makes the words of the angel to them all the more surprising. Luke 2, verses 10 to 12, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Three times this angel specifies that the news is for them personally. You, you, you. And amazingly, it isn't news of condemnation or punishment, just the opposite. It's news of a saviour. News that someone has come to rescue them, come to rescue these shepherds. News that will be a cause for great joy. And here, here the shepherds are an example to us. That when the angel tells them that this news is for all the people, the angel is not saying every single person. The angel is saying that this news is for every sort or type of person, including You know it, shepherds, including outsiders, including the least. Yes, this saviour is their saviour. And he will be their great joy. He will be God's favour and peace if they will go and find him, if they will receive him. You know, the last carol we sung was called O Little Town of Bethlehem, and it has a line in it which says, But in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. And this carol gets it right. It gets Christmas right. That first Christmas night, the angel called to the shepherds to find this baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. But it wasn't a game of hide-and-seek. It was a call to them and for us, whoever we are, that if we are humble, if we are meek and recognize our need for a saviour, then God has one for us. A saviour who has come down all all the way down to our level to save us. You know, these shepherds led lowly lives, but God called them first because they were ready to receive God's good news, because they were meek and humble. And we are called along with them if we will be humble. We are called to see this infant for who he really is, the Prince of Heaven, God's gift to us, who has bowed down all the way down to a manger and who will bow even further. He will bow down to death on a cross. Let us hear the angels And follow the shepherds that we don't miss Jesus for who he truly is for us. That we don't race over this amazing love God has given for us. And in turn, miss the joy and peace that he has for us, whoever we are. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I give thanks for this story. 
I give thanks for this story that shows your good news, that you would go first to a bunch of dirty outsider shepherds. You would go to them first because they were ready to receive your good news. And when they came and beheld your son, they went away praising you and telling others. I pray that we will not gloss over, we will not miss their witness to us. I pray that we will not think that this story is not for us. I pray that we will not be so proud as to dismiss this child, this infant, this one who would bow down all the way down, this one who would can carry on bowing down all the way to a cross for us. I pray this in the name of his name. Sorry, in his name. Amen. Thank you.